0: You're listening to... Whoa! Potluck.
1: Potluck. Potluck. Ah, that's was- about... Yeah. Hey guys, so welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang, and thanks so much for being here and tuning in for this week's episode. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing fabulously wherever you are and whenever you are. And I hope you're ready for this episode because because, I don't know, it's like choosing my favorite puppy. I, I love so many episodes in this series of conversations, but um, this one is definitely one that's dear to my heart. I sit down with my dear friend Jenny Voley, who's an actress, a poet, a healer, and this week we talk about a very important topic, which is toxic femininity. She is actually the person that brought it into my awareness. I have talked at length, um, You know, in personal conversations and on, first of all, about toxic masculinity and Jenny's Instagram, interestingly enough, uh, brought toxic femininity to my attention and just kind of blew my mind a little bit about how much it resonated with me, how much I related to all the things that was being mentioned in in these memes and some of the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you uh, enter the conversation with an open mind. We are not experts in this area. We have our opinions and our experiences, but of course, we're not claiming to be the end-all be-all on this topic. So please uh, listen with an open mind, open heart, a grain of salt all those things. And I hope that you truly enjoy it. And I uh, really want to just kind of take note of the timeliness of this conversation about toxic femininity because I am about to have my event this Saturday. If you're listening to this before Saturday, October 5th, I am really, really excited uh, to be co-hosting a live event with Perfectly Imperfect Podcast and with Asian Boss Girl. Uh, Our live event is called Off the Mic. It's my first live event ever on behalf of First of All. And the response and the support has been absolutely incredible and blowing my mind. So thank you to everybody who who has been sharing our event and sharing um, just their love for all of our content and for us as people and uh, supporting us, whether you know near, far, wherever you are? I believe that the heart will go on. Anyway, um, no, it's been truly amazing, and I feel so loved, and I'm learning how to receive that love. You'll get it once you listen to this episode, but um, yeah, just in a place of complete and utter gratitude. If you're listening to this before Saturday, October 5th, and you're in LA or nearby LA, can make it to LA, come to Ethos Society in Koreatown and hang out with us. Our live event is from 11 to 4, and we're going to have panels and breakout sessions. I want to meet the community. We want to build community. We want to meet our listeners and just get to know all of you and share whatever we can face-to-face in real life off the airwaves. But mind you, we will be recording this and hopefully sharing this with the entire world somehow because we're, we're anticipating some really, really beautiful and deep, honest conversations at Off the Mic. So shout out to Ethos Society. Thank you so much for hosting us and to all our sponsors that will all be coming your way. But uh, check out the link in my Instagram bio at first of all pod or at Minjeezy, which is my personal page. And you can get all the information about registering and all that fun stuff over there. But yeah, this, uh, this episode will tie in very much with feminine energy as I'm working with five other incredible women coming to terms with, uh, who we are and how we occupy space and the energy we put out there and how we look at ourselves. This was just a very, again, thank you to my healer, Jenny, for helping me heal this part of myself. I think it's really, really important. And also I want to preface this episode by saying this conversation is not just, uh, for females or for you know the binary this is this is to address the feminine energy that everybody has in all of us we all have feminine and masculine energy and i think that it was so interesting to look at both um both energies as a whole that we're all people and that we all have certain aspects of us that we are aware of and that we honor that's the whole thing so if for any reason uh you're you identify as a male and you're turned off by this conversation i challenge you and i ask you and encourage you to listen to this conversation i think it's very very relevant and uh yeah applicable to everybody so i hope that you enjoy it and hopefully i'll see you at off the mic if not we'll have more events coming your way without further ado this is unpacking toxic femininity with jenny vole hey. me i hey, i'm tired of it treated. Oh, no. Welcome to the space.
0: Yes, your room is very beautiful. Alright, that's kind of messy. How are you doing? They don't need to know that.
1: <laughs> it's just all it's all by design, is to create a comfortable atmosphere, like you're at
0: home. Her version of messy is having papers on the floor.
1: Yeah. It bothers me. Does it not bother you? No. I actually don't feel like I've spent time in your room very
0: much. Not a lot of people are allowed in my room. How come? You just, we just never aligned for you to come over That's true. one-on-one. You're so busy. I am. You're out there affecting so many people on a positive note. It's so beautiful. That's a very uplifting way to put it. It's true, though. I don't know. You're collabing with a lot of people. I wonder why. On a global level.
1: I'm trying to learn, you know? <laughs> Jenny Volley is one of the first people in my life who's, like, called me out on a lot of stuff. And there's, like, a comfort that I have with you because there's honesty. Mm-hmm. And I've been very much aware of, like, how my ego can play a role in a lot of things. Yeah. Even in this podcast. <laughs> so I feel like my 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 – I'm shifting because I'm, like, this is a space to learn for right. me. And it's, mm-hmm. like, title first of all, which implies – well, first of all, and I am like that. That's just my personality.
0: You are um a trailblazer in that way. Mm. We are all trailblazers. We just have different routes, but you definitely hold the mic. Ooh. And, you know, gather people's attention. But also, Minji, you put in a lot of work in yourself. And I don't, you know, I would say f with. Fucks with. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want. Fucks with. um, People that don't do the work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why we're here together and we're in alignment. Mm -hmm. Um, People who aren't in alignment, I no longer see until whenever that time comes. And I think, no, I really do see it when you're on stage. Thank you. You share so much joy (laughs) and you're like a bright light. Oh, thank you. I don't turn this into a hype thing about me, but thank you. Well, I it, love you. It's really important to learn how to receive. Yeah, I've been learning that from yeah, you.
1: Because she straight up told me I don't know how to receive love. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I'm seen. But yeah. No. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
1: And I, I, the reason why I invite you to this space to talk about something that I think is very, very personal and very important, but tough to talk about, which is... Just existing as humans, as like small, as like whatever, however people want to label that, however that may come off to people. I never get tired of talking about it. How we exist in the world, and like who we have in our world, mm-hmm. in our orbit. And you're one of the people that come to top my mind, like top of mind, when I think of like really seeing
0: into somebody. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. It yeah. It happens all the time. We
1: talk about the individual. Mm-hmm. You talk about seeing into somebody's soul or into their psyche or their behavior, all that stuff. We're actors. But it's also like, how does that fit into the whole? Because it's all zooming out, too, that we're individuals in a larger picture.
0: Right.
1: So, Jenny, just to start off the conversation, because we should talk about femininity
0: mm-hmm.
1: in its various forms. Who are you today? Because you're on this podcast pretty, it's been a while. It was pretty early on.
0: I was blonde. You were blonde back then. Yes. Heartbroken. Were you? What were we talking about? I just remember I ended on a funny note, but I don't remember. It doesn't matter. We're in this moment. We're in this moment. Uh, it's, I should have have had that ready. (laughs) We're done talking about the past. I mean, in terms of, um, yeah, where are you now? What is this moment? Being present—that's what I mean. Like, I feel like a, a lot of us, mm-hmm. this growth that we are, are all experiencing, is because we're willing to let go of what's hurt hurt us before, mm-hmm. and now we're down to like look at why that happened. So, femininity. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I know for sure, or that I work with, is that. My belief system is uh, the right side of our bodies Mm -hmm. is masculine energy. Okay. It's masculine. And then the left side is feminine. Um, I'm Mm right-handed. So I started noticing that masculine energy is like forward movement, taking action. Okay. And feminine energy, we need to learn how to receive, just like earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. When someone gives to you, right? Yeah. And being okay with that. And, um, when it gets toxic mm-hmm. is when we block it. We shut it down. Yeah. We're Suppress like, it. yeah. So you're off balance. Yeah. Energetically. And everyone has masculine and feminine energies. Right. It's the yin and yang. Right, right. Can I ask you, like, for the
1: right and the left side that you're talking about, that belief system is, is that from a religious background, is that from a, I don't know, philosophical? You just kind of it's that's a- that's your that's your interpretation of
0: it. Yeah, I'm very in like the spiritual world. Yes, I work with spirit more than the physical world. I'm learning how to be able to take those concepts and like. Mm, Actively produce it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um shit, I forgot your question. No, it's all good. <laughs> I was just asking, like, where did that belief come from? The right. Oh, the well, a lot of, of right a lot of, of us, us, us. Yeah, a lot of us in the spiritual community believe that. Okay. And also, for example, I had a session with someone and we were talking about how, you know. They had their shoulders were hurting on the right Mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. So then I had asked them about what's, how's your relationship with your father or just like male energy. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times it's what's happening in your actual life, Mm -hmm. whether it's a relationship with boyfriend or father or another male person Mm -hmm. and you don't resolve it, it sits in your body
1: does that make sense? There's so much to unpack in my, in terms of the pain that I have in my body. Yeah. Because um, it's it's just very ironic. I feel attacked slash seen because my whole <laughs> – all my injuries happen on my right side. All of them. Me too. Yeah. My twisted ankles, my bad back, my lower back, my um, pain in my wrists are like well, – obviously, I'm right-hand dominant, so like – But, like, the feeling of, like, early carpal tunnel, whatever is Mm -hmm. from, like, always being on my computer, it's all on my right side. Mm -hmm. All my pain's on my right side. Mm -hmm. So I've been very, like—and just take a step back in terms of, like, spirituality, because I say this in the intro when I introduce you about your work with, like, spiritual healing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Before we get into toxic femininity, there's a lot of people that really look at the spiritual healers or they look at people who just kind of occupy that world. And they look at it very— condescendingly or they laugh it off or they think that it's like a bunch of BS Mm -hmm. or that it's like woo woo stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've like in my own self deprecating way referred to the stuff that I say sometimes as woo, -woo because I know that that's how it comes off. But I just want to put it on the record that there's a huge part of me that does align with that. And, um, I believe in spirits Mm -hmm. and I do get how other people come off. But even as like, I can be really like logical and very like science based about everything. Like I need data. I need proof. I need whatever. I still believe in like higher power. I do believe that there are energies that are like, People who know, like, if you've gone to a party, like, if you've gone into, like, a meeting room, there's energy in there. You can't even put your finger on it, but you know that either people are really unhappy or really pissed off or really uncomfortable or everyone's vibing. Like, it's a vibe. It's a mood. Like, we say that because I think it exists. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that on the record. Yeah. How do you, like, how have, have people talked to you about that straight up about your work as spiritual healer in, like, I guess kind of like a confrontational way? Like, do they ask you... No. Or do you interact mainly with people who are like really in it?
0: Well, I'm. Um, I've put in so much work. It took ten years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like Lizzo said, she's winning, so hard. She's a great representation of, um, the divine feminine rising. Oh, okay, um, okay, Lizzo. But- <laughs> we need to sample it right here. <laughs> um, I'm in a place where my frequency as is at such a level Mm -hmm. that I'm so protected in my knowing of my connection to source. Okay. That if you're not for me, Mm -hmm. you're not going to interact with me or you can't even see me. You can't even hear me. And I'm literally minding my own business these days, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But before, you know, actually what I often get are people who have just awakened what does that and mean? they become really self-righteous. Like I work at Mostly Angels LA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shop on Robertson in Beverlywood. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. And um some people will come in mm-hmm. and they tell me, like, oh, I just had all these revelations, I just woke up and I suddenly know all these things, and they decide to impose their belief system on you. Uh-huh. And they think they know everything. Uh-huh. And I used to be that person, right? It happens to all of oh, us.
1: Hey, a little bit me yeah. too.
0: And, but it's still ego. That's spiritual ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to hold space for them and see them as they are and recognize that, oh, I see the door has opened. The veil has been lifted. I was once where you were. You're going to think you're going to know everything. and You're going to try to tell everybody what their path is. hmm but soon enough, you're going to have another awakening and that's going to be really painful. Well, you're, you're gonna lots have of to, rude awakening, yeah. in life. And, um, y- those are the type of people that I have to hold space for. I just be like, okay, I see you. You were me. I'm and it's a, a very loving you, way yeah I'm a, and then i'm a, i let them say whatever they need to say
1: it's interesting because like what is that we talk a lot that's a conversation that comes up in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways whether it's about like dating or relationships or like our relationship with our family and our parents or our depression or our anxiety like all these different things right we have our own beliefs about what that is or what that means or what the consequences of something will be or what you know how moral something is, how ethical something is. We all have all these beliefs, right? What do you define as like, okay, you're imposing beliefs on somebody is like, you're someone walking up to you and being like, Hey, Jenny, you need a blah, 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) blah. That's imposing versus like,
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I I didn't ask for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that happens when you think, you know, everything and you want to be right. Mm. And that's toxic masculine energy. You're Go taking on. your words. And you're trying to shove it down someone's throat. Dominate. Um, and I've often been saying about how anyone who wants to be right mm-hmm. is because they're afraid of being alone in mm-hmm. their knowing. Does that make sense? Snap. <laughs> like you have to be okay with being alone mm-hmm. and in your knowing. And what you shared earlier, I wish I can pinpoint what. You said, but it made me think of, um, how the patriarch is falling.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you see a lot of women rising to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a place now where I've healed my toxic masculinity. You have that. I have that. Mm-hmm. That's why we click. And yeah. we, we, I feel like you and I bond because of our masculine energy in the beginning.
1: Interesting.
0: Because it- you were, like, quote-unquote tomboy. Yeah. In the 90s, that's what we would call it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's like, the old term. And I was like, does anybody use that anymore? Am no. That's, like – I mean, I still – I imagine there's still a lot of people out there who do. I mean, we're in L.A., you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have to – um, one of the things I feel like I've learned so much from traveling all around and just mind you in very small glimpses, because I'm only at these different cities for like a few days at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, just recognizing how varied people are and that my assumptions and my believing and knowing that, oh, all people are this way. I'm working on reducing the amount of times I say like everyone or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all women blah 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 mm-hmm. are all men it's like it's wrong it's an incorrect statement yeah. and it's like it's depriving me of knowing people better because people are different and people come from different belief systems and upbringings and cultures so i mean i think there's a lot of people on the coast probably and bigger cities probably that may be shying away from the words like tomboy and you know welcoming the idea of like gender fluidity Mm -hmm. and non-binary and things like that. But I still think there's a ton of people. (laughs) I still think majority, in my opinion, majority of people who still operate in that, this, um, previously existing binary male, female universe Mm -hmm. where girls are supposed to be X and boys are supposed to be Y. And then like, if you are, have Y traits, you are a tomboy. I feel like that's still, it's good. It's continuously changing right now, but I still think that, it still exists, in yeah, a, in, a, in a big way.
0: Well, we're breaking down the stereotypes of what feminine and masculine energy looks like, right? Or the positive and the negative that creates a spark, right? That's essentially what it is. It's just energy, and we're. um And you said we both, we all have, we all have it, both, both. So, for example, everything on your right side mm-hmm. would hurt. Girl, look, I have a scar on my right ankle. (laughs) I had appendicitis taken out. This side of me often is like aching. Mm -hmm. But when that happens, I'm like, Oh, I'm doing too much. Mm. I need to rest. Mm. And feminine energy is creation. The male energy is what, or masculine energy is what moves. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And oftentimes they like to think of, um, the body is, like, a masculine energy, and then spirit is the feminine energy guiding.
1: Right. And, and they're it. both both incredibly important. Right. For both. Yeah. They go, I think it's a harmony. And I think this is what has been so unsettling for me living in the last few years. And I continuously bring it up, but just, like, the energy that's been kind of going... It's kind of being purged right now. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking at it positively, I think it's being purged. It's like a pimple. It's a zit that's getting popped. It's disgusting, but we must deal with it. And I feel like there's a lot of this toxic masculine energy coming out of both men, women, what have you, like it's being released a little bit or Mm -hmm. like reckoned with. Yep. Um, Cause that's a dominant part of the conversation. Like the whole me too movement, everything that like is related to gender issues toxic masculinity has been the primary i'd say like 95 98 of the conversation is fixated on toxic masculinity and then when you you're the one that posted on your instagram and i was just like my brain exploded a little bit i was like oh my gosh like toxic femininity like i didn't even think of that that is because i believe in balance i was like that is that's yes like let's talk about this and that's why I thought you'd be the perfect person. Like just talking, you shared it, and we're not having that conversation, which is why I wanted to record this. And where do you see, like, first of all, how do you define <laughs> toxic masculinity? You said that toxic masculinity is like, oh, is like oppressive or like dominance and violence. It's kind of right. like alludes to violent oppression, right? Is that right?
0: Well, to be honest, I just want to lay the foundation first in terms of my belief systems. At the root, at the core. Mm -hmm. Um I see both toxic or feminine energy and masculine energy as one. Mm. It's non non non-binary. Okay. Like I see God is non-binary, but we use he pronouns, cool. She pronouns. Well Ariana Grande says God is a woman. (laughs) Yeah, it's just all all is one. Um but in terms of how it manifests mm-hmm. in our bodies mm-hmm. and in our actions, um, I see toxic masculinity uh, as being domineering, mm-hmm. controlling, mm-hmm. aggressive, aggressive, assertive. Um, the president is a really great example of toxic masculinity. Um, and a lot of it stems that from stupid, <laughs> <laughs> it stems from like being an immature child, mm-hmm. really yeah. not getting what you want. Yeah. And so you're going to take that's mm-hmm. toxic mm-hmm. Mas- masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Positive would be like taking action, but in a very, um, courteous way, which is, the feminine energy brings in. Does that make sense? That means you're balanced. Right.
1: I think there's a way to be assertive. This is why I say like being masculine in and of itself, just to clarify, because we ha- I had a conversation with my friend Steve about toxic masculinity, how he has lived it, you know, like how has he been kind of culturally programmed to be like to be embodying this toxic version of it. But I want to clarify that I don't think being masculine is toxic. I think no. being, there's... I love great men. Like I'm surrounded by a lot of great men and I have masculine energy in me. You know, if we're like saying different, we all have it. Um, I love that part of me and I love masculine energy is wonderful. Like, but when it goes to an extreme, I feel like, and it's like embodying this aggressive, violent, dominant, oppressive, um, needing to violate others in order to feel some sort of power.
0: Right.
1: And then it's like this greed for power that is kind of never satiated and it's just like everything falls in its wake. I'm not a fan of that. Right. I'm just distinguishing. Right. <laughs> because some people that will look at feminists, they'll look at feminists that can be very extreme and they'll be like, they, there are feminists that are out there saying like they hate all men and that they hate, you know, that it's, And I just don't agree with that, personally. I just think that that's, again, another extreme that I don't think is particularly helpful or harmonious.
0: And, yeah, I'm just putting that out there. They're all definitions. Yeah. And toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, um, we could also talk about it in the context of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. How they have painted their own definition of what that looks like. What do you think that is? Well... For example, how For example. women are presented mm-hmm. in a certain type of way as sex objects and only that to mm-hmm. the point where I was programmed. Oh my gosh. Am I going to go there? Yeah. Are there, you? When there was a period where I would just look at women as just, yeah, sex objects are just beautiful, um, like... Goddesses walking down the street, you know, like just admiring, but in the way that Hollywood has contextualized and programmed in my mind, you mean the male gaze, the male gaze. (laughs) I had the male gaze within me because, you know, I love whoever I want to love despite their gender. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when that happens, I'm like, Oh, what? But that was when I was actually toxic and I was surrounded by toxic people Mm -hmm. in general. Right. And Again, going back to toxic femininity is when we don't take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and nurture ourselves correctly so we will, um, you know, what is it, numb ourselves, self-medicate. Yeah.
1: But I think, well, I love that you're saying that. And the definition of toxic femininity, what I was so intrigued by, what we, Jenny and I did a little research before we started recording, but like what it's defined as is kind of like, this overly passive and this overly submissive and this overly, uh, I mean, nurturing to a fault. Nurturing has a positive connotation and I think mm-hmm. nurturing is a good thing to be. But like when you overdo it and you're literally just kind of expend. you're spending, you're expending yourself at the cost of your own self yeah. to protect or like uplift someone else. And usually in this scenario or historically I could say blanket statement. It's usually for the men. It's like you're doing that so that someone else's comfort is first and foremost and that they're whatever that they feel good. And that it's at the expense of you feeling like garbage is like that toxic femininity. And that can come in being like, honestly, overly patient, overly, Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Just overly nurturing and overly comforting, and over like you're just basically coddling. Yeah. (laughs) Coddling people. Yeah. And so that's I'm just putting that here. Is like that's a a a questionable. There are people who question even if it exists. So you and I are speaking underneath uh, in the terms that like it exists because I believe that it does. Right. Um. But there are there are theorists out there who are
0: like, is it real? Is it a thing? It doesn't exist until you experience it. There's a lot of people (laughs) who experience it. If it doesn't happen to you, you don't believe it to be true, which is smart. Mm -hmm. I'm very scientific in the way that I believe it has to manifest in my life. Mm -hmm. I have to experience it within my body. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Have you experienced toxic femininity?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So So the instance that I was sharing with you when I had that realization, it was because I was dating this um, person. Mm-hmm. And they they weren't very healthy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't either. That's why we matched up. And from that situation, you were there. You helped me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so heartbroken. Minji here, like, got me to take care of myself, gave me juice, <laughs> got me to work out. Um, you were my divine feminine energy yes. manifested. Um, cause I wasn't balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted this person and this person showed up and then heartbreaks again. And then I was like, Oh, why, why is this person in my life? What do I need to heal? Oh, well, they're displaying a lot of toxic masculine energy, the male gaze. They treated me like a sex toy, you know, mm-hmm. it was hurtful. Yeah. But, when we, I believe when I meet someone like that, that means it's within me. And if it's triggering me, then I need to heal it mm-hmm. myself. I need to look at it. I need to ask people who I feel I'm aligned with to help me mm-hmm. and, um, rebalance myself. And I'm sitting here with you wearing a pink dress. <laughs> I would, and you look beautiful, never have done that nine years ago. Yeah. And it's crazy how much
1: people change. And I feel this is funny that I talk about this with you because we've talked about, I mean, going through different versions of like, you've, you've seen me through a lot of different relationships and oh, like yeah. all those different versions <laughs> of myself. Um, when I was acting all crazy and wretched and like wanting to, you know, when you saw me at my most devoted when I was straight up wifey, and I am yours. Um, <laughs> but you've seen me at my most devoted, like, wifey status version of me as a girlfriend. You've also seen me when I'm, like, super independent, like,
0: yeah,
1: whichever eye candy, like, strikes my fancy. You've also seen me at that and everything in between. And, like, relationships is one area where that, like, toxic femininity, I think, is very, very present. Oh, yes. Right? Like, we talk a lot about dating and relationships. I also want to add, and we can get more into that, you know, later in the conversation, but it also very much has painted just literally how I occupy this world. Mm -hmm. Like, how I see myself as a woman and how I see myself as a leader. Because I've been in leadership positions a lot since I was a teenager. And, like, everything, like, professional or even as a student or otherwise – Toxic, the toxic femininity or like my identity as a feminine person, as a woman has been very much like under the microscope because I, I still feel I'm in my thirties. I still don't feel like I'm quite there yet in embracing my, my true femininity to like myself as a woman.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that plays out so intensely. In all aspects of life, even like, even with my family and stuff. And you and I have talked about all those things. We've talked about work. We've talked about family and we talked about relationships, but coming back to what you were saying about your heartbreak, cause we're, we're talking about dating right now. How, when did the whole like realization that you're not taking care of yourself? When did that really come into your consciousness? Was that through me or like other friends? Or was that through like, when were you awakened to that? When was that entered your entering your consciousness? Like, I'm not being good to myself. I'm not nurturing myself.
0: Wow. So, the last podcast, we talked about the last person I was with, right? Mm-hmm. So, it was that moment. I had asked, for those of you out there who are into Twin Flames, mm-hmm. don't ask for it. <laughs> don't ask for it. <laughs> It will, yeah. people are like, oh, my twin flame, this, my twin flame, that. They are your ultimate mirror. And even then, the real twin flame is within yourself to balance those masculine, feminine energies. So it was that relationship because I looked at my life and I'm like, okay, I am blonde, a redhead, and then I bleach my hair white. Like I never said I would want to because I feel like I'm assimilating. Mm-hmm. I had to break away everything i knew about myself Mm -hmm. in order to become who i am today and i was just looking at my habits and i was just paying attention to my thoughts whenever you're abusing yourself and calling yourself stupid your feminine energy is not balanced that's toxic Mm -hmm. i feel like whenever we take on our mother's negative traits that's toxic Uh femininity yeah i see that with you know vice versa with male and female energies
1: do you feel like that was culturally i mean yeah jenny is (laughs) vietnamese american i'm korean american and we got we got some issues you know what i mean and i'm not saying that it's just unique to being vietnamese american or korean but like certainly it exists
0: so i had recently been certified as um I took Linda Howe's class. Mm -hmm. Um, she's an Akashic record reader and she had a class called manifesting your soul's purpose. Okay. And in this class, um, and I took it with my mostly angels crew it was amazing. And she took us through this like meditation where you get to see your negative birth and your positive birth. Okay. And what I saw when I opened my records was a very profound experience. Um, My mother was pregnant with me and she was wearing white and she was crying. Mm -hmm. And I got the sense that she was depressed while I was in her womb Mm. because she felt abandoned by her family and her mother-in-law didn't accept her. So in that vision, I was like, oh, that made sense why growing up I was so depressed. And suicidal and felt like no one wanted me because my mother felt that way. When she was carrying you? Yeah.
1: Is that something that she confirmed or is that something? No,
0: that's a vision that I saw. That's a vision that you had. And then the negative uh, death, no, negative birth was, no, wait, that was a negative birth. The positive (laughs) birth uh, Uh was when I saw her um, happy raising me and she wanted me. Mm Mm-hmm. And that she just wanted someone to love. And then in that meditation, I felt myself in my mother's womb again. Mm-hmm. And I felt her heartbeat and my heartbeat beating as one. Mm-hmm. And that experience, whether it's true or not, mm-hmm. it lived within my body and helped me heal, um, even further my, f- um, the toxic femininity mm-hmm. and be like, Oh, wow. My mother. And that vision was upset because she just was trying to do what, what she felt was right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but she wasn't taking care of her needs and she wasn't taking care of her heart. So I knew then and there, like, my purpose in life is to heal myself and be in balance with my energy so other people can do the same. And that is positive feminine energy, when you can give to others without um, depleting yourself. Whew. And girl, I'm listened to myself talk and I'm like so soft right now. It's just really different. Yeah. Even me. I mean,
1: this is what I'm saying. Like, I listen <laughs> to my, each episode of my podcast, depending on, to, well, sometimes it's just pure excitement because I'm just like, I'm really, um, inspired by a lot of my friends. And so different energies come out, but that softness that you're talking about is very, very real. And I've always really struggled with that softness. And I think it's, it's genuine. Like, if we want to go psychoanalyze Minji's entire life, it really is because my, in my parents, in my very Korean parents, mm-hmm. my dad has been the ultimate dominant figure. And my mom is an Aries. She's very strong. She's very, um, very forward thinking. She likes to act. She like makes things happen. I love my mother, but she, even with her fire has always played second fiddle to my dad. So again, whether none of us are conscious of this, we're just like, we live our lives as little children and we just kind of sponge everything up. And I think I always wanted my dad's approval. He was the one that was like the tougher nut to crack. My mom was always, so I feel very lucky. My mom was always like giving me so much love Mm -hmm. and always like hugging and kissing me and holding me, telling me I was beautiful. There's my dad though, who's, Definitely like very broken in his ways, but making fun of me, telling me I'm chubby and then I, whatever, all these like mean things to me, just, just joking with me, quote unquote. But as a kid, you're just like, you're like trying to get that approval. And then I just like saw their dynamic and I've always wanted like as far back as I can remember. And I have a big brother. I've always wanted to be one of the guys. Like it was just as far back as I can remember. I wanted to impress my dad and I wanted to impress my big brother. I wanted them to accept me and to praise me and to embrace me as an equal. And I think it's been honestly, like it's not even to dramatize. It. I'm talking about this with my older brother. Like we're in our thirties and we're like really putting our whole childhood under the microscope. Cause we're trying to like enter this new phase of our lives. Um, what effect that had, you know? And I, and I think I've, Subconsciously adopted a lot of really masculine traits, and some of the toxic. Ma- I've I've internalized the toxic masculinity to be part of my own identity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when I would look at stuff, so that's very theoretical talk, right? That's very like big words. In practice, what it looked like in my life was like when um, when I was little, I loved dresses. Mm-hmm. I loved pink. I love dolls at five years old, something about it shut down. And I was like, I'm never wearing another dress. Like I kind of refused. I had this really big, I don't know what caused that. And I know kids go through all kinds of different decisions, like where they just don't like something anymore. Um, there was a long period of time where I just rejected anything girly or frilly or pink or like, you know, with bows and stuff like that. And, I swear to God, it's been like a lifetime of like, oh, that's too girly or like, and I swear it's, it comes down a lot to like bring it back to our own industry, which is like the Hollywood industry and what media does and what it portrays. I interpreted femininity as weakness. Mm-hmm. I interpreted, I think that's what subconsciously was in my mind. If it's soft, if it's cute, if it's plush, which I did like, I love Sanrio, and I, you know, I was a very conflicted child, but like when I would interact with that kind of stuff, it was like kind of like embarrassed part of me. And the part that I was like really proud of was like me being tough or me being able to like throw a ball at my crush's head <laughs> to tell him that I liked him. I don't know. Did you ever feel that way? Like, like just coming to terms. Cause you, I feel like you're personally just like objectively speaking, I feel like you're way more okay with your feminine side than I am, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. just dealing
0: I'm really okay with who I am Yeah, you know, more than anything because they're balanced. Mm-hmm. I'm right? not there yet. You're there. I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> Everyone who sits with me wins, you know? I'm in that place now. You had so many great points that uh, my my brain was just having all these instances. Yes, I remember when um I stopped wearing skirts was mm-hmm. when my mom said something to me in Vietnamese, like, oh, my dewa, which is like... I took it as uh she's calling me a slut. Oh. The way that uh I felt. Uh-huh. Whether someone who's Vietnamese out there and understood that and translates it differently, then that's cool too. But that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, even just painting my nails, she didn't like that. She didn't want me to be too girly in case I like go off and get a boyfriend kind Ooh. of thing. So I started to protect myself by being more masculine. Mm-hmm. Because no one was there for me, and I do that sometimes still. Like if I don't feel comfortable in a space where I can express my femininity, I will dress more like a a dude. Mm. You know, quote unquote, quote unquote, like a dude, like a dude. Whatever, you know, the yeah. stereotypical Hollywood.
1: Well, I mean, this um, honestly, when it this is to bring data definition. into into the picture, right? for statistically speaking, if we're breaking down numbers of like the, the lens through which the perfect example, I think that we have now that is so fascinating to me is wonder woman. Okay. So we've had a drought, like it's been a huge, a uh, m- huge majority of all films in Hollywood have been made by men. I don't think they've all been made by toxic men, but just numerically speaking, vast majority of the films that we've seen, has been through a male lens, Mm -hmm. not all toxic male lens, but a male lens, right? They're the ones deciding what shot gets done and how the story gets told and everything like that. Right. So when you just look at it that way, in facts, like, I'm not saying that men are incapable of seeing things in an empathetic way or sympathetic way towards women. There's beautiful stories out there um, of women's, but it's still like it's a different, it, there's nuance and there's different subtleties that are different between a mm-hmm. man and a woman's perspective. If we're talking about binary, right? right? So, The way that I saw a really interesting example of this was Wonder Woman. When I first watched Wonder Woman, I go to a lot of things very ignorantly. Like, I don't do research all the time. I just go to, like, support this or watch that. I went to Wonder Woman not knowing anything about how it was made. All I knew was this is, like, a a female superhero. This is a big freaking deal. I'm not that big on, like, the superhero stuff. Like, it was getting so played out. I was like, I'm over it. But it's big, right? So I was like, I'm not going to... I want to put where my money, where my mouth is. So I went to opening night of wonder woman. And then I went by myself and went to Burbank and I watched it alone. And I was so moved. Like, I didn't know why when I saw all the, um, you know, the women on their horses, like in the warriors, like in their just pure power. And like, I was really, really moved and I didn't know why, because I was like, this is really beautiful. But there's part of me that was like, Minji, don't make this a big deal just because a bunch of women are being, like, fighters. You've seen women fighters. But I was like, no, but I haven't seen them like this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something, like, an inner dialogue I was having yeah. with me. And then
0: just, like, did you feel that? Did you watch that? I have not
1: seen it. So I watched it, and, like, I was... I cried in that movie, okay? Like, <laughs> I cried, I think, three, three different times. And I was really moved by it. And I just... Felt connected to gal. She's just so beautiful, but it was like this different kind of beauty. I don't know how to articulate it. And at the end, when the credits all like, you know, it's bum, bada bum, and then like credit directed by Patty Jenkins. And when I saw that it was directed by a woman, I started crying again. Aww. I think that was the third time I cried because yeah. I was just like, Oh my God. Like, I think this is, this is what it was different. Mm-hmm. It was women through women's eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then, so then fast forward, Zack Snyder. I'm waving my finger around because I'm not a big fan. He takes uh, Wonder Woman and he hoes her up. Like, no other way to put it. I'm sorry. But it was like... There was nothing wrong with how Patty Jenkins had her costumed, had her filmed, and he straight up like took the skirts and made them like how many inches shorter. Like there's more cleavage. There's it was like such a interesting yeah. distinction of the same actress, same story, same character, but seen through this other lens. Makes sense. And like all these warrior women who are like, mind you in Patty's version, they're wearing armor. <laughs> they're wearing like leather, you know, they're wearing the things on their the helmets and the leather he had him in like a bikini. Like it was like a bikini. I was like, what kind of warrior in their right mind is like not going to have shield like arm? I was like, anyway, that's what we're at in 2019 where I was like, wow, this is a distinction. And like, there's a way that I saw myself living in this world of like what a man would want for me. And I felt like, again, I'm not saying that that was everyone's conscious decision, but I felt like that's, if we're going to put it this way, like it was like kind of the spell that I was under. Right. It's like, be a woman of this kind. If you're too loud, we don't like you. Yeah. We're going to talk about you.
0: Do you want to know what came to my mind? Do you want to make this 18 plus? Yeah. Because I'm going to go there. Go we're there. Go deep. Okay. So you're talking about um two different directors. One's male, one's female. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked into... Pornography that has been directed by a male and a female—they're very different. Girl, I have so many issues with the porn industry. No, yeah, but, the thing, but I, the haven't thing, wa- I haven't. It's watched very that. fascinating when you look at it through this lens because mm-hmm. a female
1: director—they,
0: mm-hmm. the one that I um, looked up because they were talking about her, and I've never heard of a female director. Her work um, makes you feel, mm-hmm. and it's not all about. The goal. Yeah. Yeah. Where the mass, you know, the male gaze is just bang, 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 bang. And what you just said is a great reflection of that Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. People said yes to that.
1: See, this is me knowing that like the, the way that it works too. learning that the industry, there's a lot of people that had to say yes for that image to end up on our screens. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at, I'm reverse engineering this stuff because it's, I'm not singular, single-handedly blaming Zack Snyder. Although at the end of the day, because honestly, the director really might not even be Zack Snyder's complete fault because in a studio film like that, the director does not have final say. The studio does, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a whole economy of people that said, Yes, let's do it that way, right? So Zach, fine. I'm laying you off the hook a teeny, a teeny bit. Uh, but someone could have advocated otherwise, or someone could have spoken up and been like, "Yo, why do we need to make them all naked?" Like, but anyway, to go back to your porn statement, like I actually have not watched a female directed porn. I feel like all that porn that exists in the you know mass consumed porn industry. Is probably all vastly directed by male or like the things that I've seen since I was a kid. And I talked about this on my let's talk about sex episode mm-hmm. with, um, Mel Chang, which was awesome. Um, we will have like a, I want to have a whole separate porn episode just to discuss. You gotta,
0: it. because it, if it is, you, if you think about it, if a lot of people watch it, then that's their consciousness. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what terrifies me. And sex is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Energy. Mm hmm. And you're, you're people, it. People who are really addicted to pornography think a certain way. That's very animalistic. Yeah, and you could see it in you know politics a little bit. You yeah, really pay attention. And this is like this. This this frightens me. Like I'm not even like saying like oh. There was
1: another episode I did on my podcast about how I was uh, treated when I auditioned for a role as a they asked for an Asian female to like basically be. Theoretically pummeled by big black dick. What? Like I didn't, I didn't do it. Like they asked, I came to the audition and they're like showing me like it's a before and after like it's a before, like I'm the little Asian girl. I like jump on this big black guy and I start making out with him.
0: Oh wait, I was there when you were.
1: Yeah. And then when I leave, like I'm on a stretcher and I'm all happy. And that was like that weird discussion I had to have with that whole team being like, I will not do this. And this is why. And I had explained like, this puts my life in danger. You know what I'm saying? So, when it comes to sex, which I agree with you, I think is very powerful. The fact that that type of pornography is what a lot of people, people in general, are aspiring to recreate or that they interpret that as sexy frightens me.
0: That's where they learn their toxic and uh, masculinity and femininity. Yeah. Is through porn. I'm like genuinely
1: scared. And mind you, I think there can be a good porn. I think sexuality is so powerful. It's great. It's well, something to embrace. But that version, like so many of the versions I've seen. Right. And I'm being straight up. Like I've seen a lot of porn. Right. It's scary. Yeah. And it, a lot of it does not.
0: And it, if it, the goal is to turn people on, it doesn't turn me on. I'm like this. It's is- to dominate. is to control. is to possess. Mm-hmm. That's toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. How to heal that. Is to allow the feminine energy to come in. Feminine energy listens, Mm -hmm. holds space, Mm -hmm. nurtures. Mm -hmm. I think the funny thing, not the funny thing, the interesting thing that
1: you just mentioned about like when it was directed by a woman that you're allowed to feel, this is something I'm just be very vulnerable and share what I think is hot and what I thought was like really sexy I think there's a lot of movies like actual regular films that are not porn films Mm -hmm. that I thought were like incredibly hot. One of them being unfaithful, not that I'm promoting people to be unfaithful to their partners, but what Diane Lane did in that movie, she was a real woman. Mm -hmm. She was a sexual woman. She was like overcome by this desire and this like attraction to this stranger that she meets and unfaithful is not a porn There's sex in it. But I thought that was infinitely sexier than, like, a porn. And the reason why, if I can, like, articulate why I thought it was sexier is because, like, well, you feel with her. Mm -hmm. Like, you get to... She's a real, you know, flesh and bones human who's, like, having desire and feeling. And, like, that's what's sexy.
0: Yeah, you resonate. It adds to the the
1: sexiness of the situation. Not some dude getting naked. And, like, it's just not the same. And that's why it goes even back to the dick pics.
0: Like, why? Well, that's just how... (laughs) male men let's talk about the binary right within the binary yeah um they've been programmed by hollywood Mm -hmm. and now there's more women in hollywood Mm -hmm. and writers Mm -hmm. and also um in the government yeah so if you really look at the bigger picture Everything's going to be okay. It is because we're doing the work to learn how to receive, to learn how to listen to each other, to hold space. Yeah. Um, and the feminine energy is healing the world Mm -hmm. and you know that you're in that tribe is when you're taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. um, giving to yourself more if you're lacking in that arena Mm -hmm. and really, it's just, um, nurturing the best parts of yourself. Yeah. So where in your life I'm going to ask you, Okay. do you feel like you need to spend more time on Like You're just, ah, oh, feed me in this area. Good question. <laughs> um, I feel
1: like I, I know that I have been incrementally giving myself more space and time to do I want to do without, you know, I want to remain a considerate person, but like giving myself for that to be a priority and not, oh, if I have time, I'll spend time by myself and go for a walk or call someone that I care about or like honestly being a girlfriend and being a sister and being a daughter and being a friend and being a leader of an organization and bring being like my own CEO of my business and the art there's so many hats right and I I'm very glad that I have been able to be of service to people I care about but I've largely made that the biggest priority and not doing my stuff
0: and that A lot of mothers, including Mm -hmm. our mothers, Mm -hmm. would forget themselves. Oh, yeah. And take care of all of us. Right. And that's where we learn our toxic femininity from our mothers who don't take care of themselves. Right. But here we are now seeing it very clearly, taking care of ourselves, spending as much money as we want on ourselves and not feel bad about it, Mm -hmm. treating ourselves.
1: I incorporate that in my budget now, y'all. Yeah. It's Minji's money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I have my percentages, but I'm like, this is what I have for me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and not feel bad. Like it goes back to the, the, that feeling of guilt and that feeling like I'm being less of a person because I'm thinking of me. Like so many women, this is very much ingrained. I think, you know, it's like, we can talk about oppressive, the patriarchy and toxic masculinity, but I think that toxic masculinity has been internalized and taken in by women. And so we can like hold each other in that same light of like, Oh, you, you're not there for your children. Like you're taking you, like you're going off and doing you like, what kind of mother are you? Like, what kind of person are you?
0: Or just bashing women in general and what she's wearing. And Mm -hmm. it's old. Yeah. We're done. That was when like the male paradigm wanted us to be, to fight for them and not for ourselves. But see, that's, what's so amazing is that women, Mm -hmm. We, again, create the whole space. That's the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but source energy. Mm -hmm. This is where babies are being held.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you to the male energy for putting it there. Yeah. But then after that, let us take (laughs) care of it. You know, it'll it'll do, do better that way but that's me talking out loud in terms of what's inside of you that's an inner monologue we all should have inside within us so then it manifests in reality cuz there are men i want to say there are men who are balanced with their feminine and masculine energies yes for sure they know when to listen mm-hmm. they know when to like speak mm-hmm. on like energetically that exchange is equal right i'm see i'm not quite there yet
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of things I think I'm still working on healing. I have a lot of anger and like pain that I, I don't think I, if I'm being for real, I'm not done getting right with, but that's why I have to take the time. Like literally comes back to like, well, what are you doing about it? So then I have to like, I'm journaling every freaking day and I'm trying to be as honest as I can in that process. Even if it's for three minutes, fine. I don't have to take an hour to journal, but if we're going to journal, Better be real with yourself and be honest about what you need. And that's then that in turn turns into really honest conversations that I'm having with people closest to me. So I'll say even within my own family, you know, we've been through a lot together. I'm having more honest conversations that are hard, but they're honest. And I'm like, I've told people in my family that they can exhaust me. And I was like, I am doing my very best to make a life for myself. I care about my well-being and my sustainability and my income more than you. Like, I have to tell that to my family sometimes because the way they talk to me, sometimes they think I'm just like floating out in the, in you know, on clouds, like thinking everything's going to work out. I'm like, no, I'm not that dumb. I have to stand up for myself. Also, I care about my life as much as you do, more than you do. And also, you saying these things to me hurts me. It stresses me out. It makes, takes me backward. So I have to even, like, boundaries, essentially. Yeah. I have to, like, put my line in the sand. I love you, mom, brother, dad, whatever. Like, I love you, but I cannot keep taking on all of this all the time. Yeah. And I need space for me to decompress. And I need to, like, just try to get my life together yeah. by myself. That's- I've had to say those words out loud. Yeah.
0: That's masculine energy moving forward in a healthy way. Mm. And I love that you bring that up because for me, this whole week I've been seeing really clearly that my theme in my life, and maybe it's for the rest of the world too, if you're in this vibration is it's time for peacemakers to make peace with other peacemakers. Mm. And that to me looks like, for example, you and I both, let's say are, ultimate goal is to spread love and joy Mm -hmm. and for people to know who they are. Yeah. However, there could be a moment of contention where your belief systems on how to get there Mm -hmm. will just clash with mine. Mm -hmm. Now our ultimate goal is the same, but those steps are very different so much that they could be at war. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's important for us to like, see the person as they are, mm-hmm. accept them as they are, like a mother would love that person unconditionally, like a mother would. Mm-hmm. And that to me is healing the toxic femininity and bringing in the divine feminine energy, which is very needed right now on the planet. Okay. You know, when we can really, um, listen mm-hmm. and not try to be right. Cause there is no right way to get to the um, goal of being more loving and kind to each other. I agree. It's respect. Yeah. That's what's needed. And I feel like toxic masculinity does not adhere to that.
1: I think it's funny. It's ironic that like in nurturing yourself and caring for yourself, and making space for yourself also incorporates masculine energy. If you're going to talk about being more <laughs> assertive or more, outspoken in a way because I think respect I, I completely agree with and that also in turn means voicing what you need
0: yeah that that's what I mean is um, when I say masculine energy it's forward, yeah, energy. forward it's, energy it's taking action mm-hmm. it's movement because mm-hmm. we talk about toxic masculinity a lot but we don't talk about positive masculinity right it's that taking action right but you know when you're balanced when you're like water mm-hmm. you flow mm-hmm learn from the great Bruce Lee, you know, (laughs) no. And it very is much like martial arts, you know, you could be in your knowing. And sometimes, um, with some people you don't need to have that conversation with, you just kind of let them talk and let them be right. When you know, when, uh, especially for me, like if I know that person just wants to be right, Mm -hmm. they're displaying a lot of, masculine energy that does not make me feel good. So it feels toxic. Mm -hmm. I will receive them as they are as a like feminine energy and as a masculine energy within me. I stay, I have them stay by my side. Does that make sense? Like I fuse my masculine and feminine energy to just be still and be that rock, but their words do not affect me because I know who I am. And I know what I believe. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the toxic masculine energy comes out as like fighting, joining that energy. Mm-hmm. And then the f- toxic femininity is, uh, going home, taking that conversation and beating yourself up for it mm. Word. instead of, wait a minute, their words do not define me. Yeah. What they're saying is a project, you know, they're projecting onto me. Yeah. I don't feel that way. That's not me. Like a strong mother would do when she protects her child. Right. More. That's how I play with it in terms of balancing. That's those two energies.
1: Yeah. I still, <laughs> I think because I am naturally, I think I have a lot of strong masculine energy in me and I know that I have fire that I want to like create change and I want to help right wrongs in my view, like injustices and, um, I have a lot of fire Mm -hmm. and I'm learning even the part of me being in my mind, the best woman that I can be is to just accept that and not fight that and not try to manipulate it to become softer. And then on the other side is accept that I do like soft things. I do like feeling pretty. I do Mm -hmm. like, it's a weird thing of being like, a strong woman, quote mm-hmm. unquote, because strength is interpreted in certain adjectives in this society. And I'm really trying to embrace the fact that I don't have to adopt these other traits to try to be something.
0: Well, my question to you mm-hmm. is um, because I, I love Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. with all the elements, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually, I've loved watching that show and it created a, um, a technique for myself in terms of balancing energies. Cause you just mentioned you have a lot of fire. You uh-huh. do. And I do. That's why I love you so much <laughs> firebenders. Too. But my question to you is what kind of fire are you? Mm. Are you an inferno? Are you, um, a light on a candle? Are you the one that like helps people cook food mm-hmm. or do you, are you the kind of fire that just burns uncontrollably? Depends on which day (laughs) or time. And and how, how, in which ways have you honed your fire? Yeah. You know? True. You could look at it that way. Fire can, is powerful, but it can also destroy you. Yeah. If you don't know how to wield it, if you watch, have you, do you watch Avatar? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, watch that. Okay. (laughs) Because fire for me in that show represents temper. Yeah, I got one of well those. Tem- I got that. Mm-hmm. How well tempered you are? Yeah. Um, um, will reflect how you move on this planet. Yeah, and then the water benders. I see that as feminine mm. energy.
1: I mean, that's my sign naturally.
0: I'm a yeah. water sign.
1: Yeah, I'm very sensitive. No, I love that. I think that's something really, really great to keep in mind. I think that's a great. I'm gonna go watch the last Airbender, but think about like how. I guess I think it's just, I really appreciate thinking about it and processing the versions of how and why I am the way that I am. What it is that I'm okay with and that I'm embracing and what things I want to change. Because I think we're all a mix of those.
0: You know, it's fun to try hmm. asking yourself um, what you want to do today when the moment you wake up hmm. and let yourself do it and don't judge yourself for it. If Minji wants ice cream in the middle of the night, Minji will get ice cream in the middle of the night. Or if she wants to, I don't know, go she skydiving. Won't do
1: that because she's intermittent fasting, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Giving, yeah. No, for real. And it can seem so simple, but even giving myself space to like want something and just be okay with wanting it mm-hmm. and then having it and being okay with having it, like the mm-hmm. receiving.
0: Yeah. We're mothering and fathering ourselves. Mm-hmm. Essentially.
1: Yeah. And I think that's my gripe with um, the toxic masculine sign. And not to harp on that too much, but, like, I'm sick of being people's mom. Like, that's how I feel.
0: Girl. That's like, why we end relationships. We don't want to be... <laughs> yo, mama! Be a man. We don't want to be with the boy. I'm a woman. Yeah. And I want like, everybody
1: to embrace... This like a beautiful thing. I don't know. Like, I feel more womanly than ever before, but I'm still coming, you know, reconciling some things. But I love it. And it's kind of, like... Meet me where I am, please.
0: yeah. Meet me where I am. When I say boy, I also just want to say like the stereotypical Hollywood programmed definition fully acknowledging, okay. fully acknowledging. I think it's important also to be childlike, yeah, because but
1: that's embodying a different thing. That's yeah. not like being immature, that means just being <laughs> wonder, like having wonder and being all inspired and free and creative, you know, yeah, doesn't mean. Act a fool <laughs> like you can't do anything on your own when you really can. Yeah. There's differences. But I I I love you. I love you. And I I think that it's really nice to have this moment where we can look at ourselves, our true selves, like for what we what it is and what we want it to be, and figure out how to navigate that gap. Yeah. Because I think that's what's happening right now is a reckoning that's
0: probably mad uncomfortable. Yeah. And but we're going to go through it. I mm-hmm. love it. I love I love it. I'm the one that just like let's dig deeper. Let's do it's just acting being an actor for the last 10 years have has done that to me. Let's for carve. Sure. Let's Let's carve out our character. Let's see if we can be the best versions we can be.
1: Let's dump it all out and figure it all out. But for those who are not so <laughs> eager, you know, which is, that's is my main thing that I've met so many different people of different backgrounds and, and, and personality types. It's really scary. This is me being the nurturer, but like it is scary as hell to like come to terms with yourself. That is still the most scary. Like that's the scariest thing for me is to be honest with me and being like, yo, you act this way. Why do you do that? And then being honest about that. Mm-hmm. It's been mad embarrassing just because I realize, like oh, I've been catering towards like a male gaze. I've been catering towards a male version of what it means to be a leader. I've been catering. to. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I've only been speaking to the audience and in doing that, I haven't even been honoring myself. That's a big, that's a big thing to swallow right mm-hmm. there. Because I have so much pride, too. Mm-hmm. That's like... So I'm just saying that out there because uh, some people are much more willing to go there, right. to go deep, and, and other people are not.
0: Some people are not. And, and you just made me think of um, our friend Ariana Bosco, who runs an open mic on Wednesday nights, uh, Palms Up Academy IG, if you want to follow. Um, she has this song mm-hmm. that she sings that has helped me whenever I don't know how to nurture myself or take care of myself. I go all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's programmed in my head. Another thing, that's why you got to watch who you align with or like, you know, kick it with because it affects you Mm -hmm. mentally. The song goes, um, and put a little water in your cup, pick yourself up and put a little water in your cup. So even if you don't want to do anything Mm -hmm. that day, Mm -hmm. just get up, Put a little water in your cup. Just drink. It could be as little as that. And then walk through the door. I mean, not walk through the door. Open the door and walk through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be that hard, you know? Yeah, it can be tiny little things. Yeah, you don't have to dive deep into your emotions or... Have past life meditations if you're not ready. <laughs> but
1: if you are,
0: we're here for you. We're here for you. No, I love that. And the fact that you listen to this whole thing says a lot. Yeah.
1: I also want to take a second and put a challenge out there in the universe. This is my masculine energy coming up. But um I recently got into some of my data, like, analyzing. It's part of me that was scared of, like, seeing what the numbers would say to me about my own podcast. I uh, saw, at least on one platform, that my Me Too story... Mm -hmm. about uh, me being in love with my abuser and what that process was like, 100% of the audience of that episode on this one platform, Spotify, was all women. Wow. And I feel very, very loved and supported by that. And also, but my immediate reaction was like, what the hell? Where are are the men? (laughs) Why aren't you listening to this story? They're not ready. So I challenge you, if you are my dudes, because I have so many incredible men that listen to this or male identifying, but, like, I challenge you to listen to my episode or go read somebody else's. It doesn't even have to be my podcast episode, okay? But listen to somebody else's story. Listen to someone's experience about that with no judgment just to be there to, like, listen And, um, it's literally, again, you do not have to listen to my podcast, but I was just kind of really astounded. I thought it would be majority women, which, but it was
0: 100%.
1: And that concerns me. I'm just being completely real. Like, well,
0: you know, what's really cool about community hmm. and women Hmm. is that we're very tribe like, yeah. So any of those women who listened, who supported you 100%, also invite them to invite their male friends to listen to that episode. Yeah. You know, and to this podcast.
1: I mean, honestly, yeah. one of the reasons why I made this was because at the time I started in 2017, it was 67% male hosted podcasts. So 33% of podcasts were male, uh, female hosted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're just talking about like an imbalance of perspectives. Again, I have so much respect and appreciation for a male perspective. I've been listening to my whole damn life, but I also want to hear what my women have to say. And I also would love love for, I would love for my, it's literally, I would love for my, my voice and my existence and my identity and my experience to matter as much as a man's. That's how I felt my
0: whole life. Oh, it does though. Yeah. I'm starting to embrace that. It does. Yeah. It does matter. It doesn't matter what they think, if it matters or not. Right. I'm saying.
1: But I would love for there to be some equity in terms of people listening to each other, each other and numbers can kind of reveal that. So again, you don't have to list in mind, but I hope that the challenges, um, that revealed something to me that maybe that is, uh, you know, there is a lack or like a shortage of, of men that are needing to hear the true experiences of women and with an open heart and with empathy. Cause that's, I think that's part of the healing. So I'm challenging. Anybody listening to give those stories a listen. With, just do it. Yeah, just do it. Try. Put a little water in your cup, open the door and walk through it. <laughs> thank you, Ariata Bosco, for that line. Yes. <laughs> and thank you, Jenny, for coming to talk about this very important topic with me. Oh, thanks for having me. My heart is very full. Always. And um, where can people find you? Where can they find more of what you're about?
0: Um Well, my Instagram is J8, the number 8, N-N-I-I. I'm also at Mostly Angels LA IG as well. Uh, You can come visit me at the shop. Mm -hmm. I'm there every week. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you can find me at Ariana's Recess Mic Wednesday nights at um, SIPA right now. And I'm also in an acting class that anyone's also welcome. Like, you're welcome to come with, um, Rob Zimmerman. Yeah, what is it called? Uh, ZA Studios. Oh, okay. It's really, really awesome. Everyone's, it's so magic there. We're just creating (laughs) and manifesting, and there's a lot of balanced energies in there. We're Mm -hmm. all listening to each other. We're more, we're really present with each other, Mm -hmm. and we're creating works that is just, Love, um, I feel that Hollywood needs. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? I think it's also time for us who feel like we're not heard mm-hmm. to create, write that poem. Yeah, come to the mic. Um, do what Minji's doing. Create your own podcast as well. For real. Give your perspective.
1: I mean, everybody has it. This is, and this is my closing thought on this this whole situation for the time being for this episode. But I think that everybody has it's not I think I know everyone has a voice and everyone has a circle of influence Mm -hmm. and um far be it for me like to dictate how you do your life but I just I'm suggesting we want to plant seeds of like ways for that to grow and uh for the truth to be told I think there are willing years and if we're all waiting for like to become you know like Billie Eilish with freaking love her um but if you're waiting for like your 200 million people to tune into your song or whatever and that's the only way for it to have significance we're gonna wait for a really long time (laughs) but in the meantime i think you know there are a lot of people that don't want to wait for hollywood to get right with their stuff it's happening so rest assured we're we're on the job jenny and i but um also in conjunction to that everybody's out there in their own workplaces within their own families yes. in their friendships in their relationships like i i really um am sending out a big supportive boost of love and energy cuz um it's on us to speak up in our personal lives mm-hmm. and like that is and i think it's the most impactful personally like me having conversations with My significant other and with my family and like with friends, those are the things that matter the most that have the deepest impact on me. So don't ever, um, take away from the power of a small conversation with somebody in your immediate circle or in your immediate friend group, because that
0: has tremendous effect too. And also within your own head, yeah. To quote Miss Lauren Hill, <laughs> how are you going to win if you ain't right within? How you going to win when you ain't right within? So you got to like Uh-oh. check your thoughts. Yes. And see what you're focusing on. Ask yourself today, am I expressing toxic masculinity or femininity? Mm-hmm. And then check yourself. That's the work that I've done and you have done and a lot of our friends have done. Mm-hmm. So we're all rising together. Yes and soon enough like the whole community is mm-hmm. and soon enough the whole state we affect everyone wherever we go mhm amen
1: <laughs> thank you jenny You're i love you and um i hope that everybody has a, an amazing day an amazing week and we'll be back next week with another episode of first of all so take care be well be happy be joyful go make stuff happen Balance those energies, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I'm gonna do a quick shout out to uh, Aquafina. Thank you so much for the intro with uh, her song "Yellow Ranger," and thank you to Uzuhan for his outro music, Uzu Trap. Go check out both their music. We love them. And uh, thank you to Marv Newey, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you so much for holding it down for First of All Podcast, Marv. I love you so much. Thank you. And I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian-American storytellers and podcasters. You can find, first of all, on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and anywhere else that you find podcasts. And if y'all want to support me, financially i appreciate you i have some really cool stuff coming out um if you come to the off the mic event on october 5th you'll see it there in person but um yeah cool things coming your way if you want to support me in this podcast go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast and you can become a patron there and that's it for me you guys i hope you have an amazing day again i love you thank you jenny thank you bye Came in 88 with a dream, also bright eyed. -eyed. They knew right away, sick (laughs) of swim, there's no lifelines.
0: Cutting their teeth
1: on the move, nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget at the Golden (laughs) Archer, size number two, cash. Way that the world ain't budging, gotta make a power move. Deep in the darkest dungeons, I'm digging up my own rule. Hands on the plow,
0: plow. keep my head down. down. Sweat on my brow, don't make a sound. Hey my dudes now.